Hi everyone, this is the next episode of the Zezcast, that's me, and I'm flying solo on this one, and today I'm talking to a creator, that's what we call them these days, creators, that's, uh, of, of someone that I've uh, followed and admired for a long time, this is Vink Thank you. from Famicom Dojo, and to me, Famicom Dojo is one of the OG retro gaming sites, uh, really educated me about, oh, there's a Japanese version of the NES, really took me through all of that. Uh, Vink lives in Japan with his yep. family uh, for quite some time now. In the last few years, has started uh, Japan Retro Direct. I would say a boutique games. <laughs> uh, you can buy games, sort of, yeah, very small, not big, uh, very um, what to say, a thoughtful uh, collection, uh, handpicked. Let's say I like curated, that. curated, uh, curated. That's the word I'm looking for. Oh, English me forgets. Well. That's okay. And, uh, and also, I wanted to talk to Vink about just what's the feeling on the ground in Japan? None of us have been able to, to visit for the last two years. Yeah, yeah. How has the pandemic changed retro gaming? So, Vink, welcome to the podcast, mate. Thanks. That's quite an introduction. Um, yeah, we were uh, doing Famicom Dojo since uh, YouTube was... I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't even. I don't even know. Like long before it was bought by Google, when it was just a. Mm. When it was a thing that limited your video length to ten minutes. That's why the early episodes are so short, uh, because mm. you you couldn't put anything else up. And uh, yeah, it's 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 been a wild ride. It's amazing how many people that I watch and respect have have mentioned that they used to watch uh, Famicom Dojo back the day and I'm like why aren't we big you know <laughs> but um now but, what year yeah. did you start that what was that oh my goodness that would have been like 2004 2005 no 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 it could, couldn't have been that early oh oh no i, no, I, I feel, a, I feel I, terrible the current site listed a 2006 or something like yeah this. that's probably it <laughs> oh, oh my something goodness like that. I don't know if that was the exact i should so what i should know yeah. this <laughs> okay <laughs> So back then in 2006, you were still living in the States or when you started Famicom Dojo or, I mean, I guess give us the quick because you, I know you've been living there with your family. Did you live there before and then there was a bit, what's the sort of quick summary of where you've lived over the years? Oh goodness. Um, I mean, I, I, I grew up, I grew up living in Wisconsin um, and that's where I met, that's where I met Sean Orange or whatever we were, we went to college together. But uh, Famicom Dojo started after I moved to Japan, so the the entire history of this uh, enterprise, I suppose, has been has been long distance. Uh, with us recording, uh, we occasionally can record a video together, and those ones are super fun. Uh, but mm. mostly, um, we just talk on the phone, uh, decide, script these things out. Uh, yeah, some of them are scripted, <laughs> but um, uh, figure out figure out how we're gonna do this and we record uh, our, our little bits. Uh, some of the really elaborate ones uh, involved when I was taking a trip back to the States recording bits of like the flight and everything so it looked like um, I was actually going over there. It's... It, it's 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 a it's a dumb little show, but it's back when you could be dumb on YouTube. I mean, you can still be dumb on YouTube, but like there was yeah. like a there was a thoughtfulness to the dumb. Like you couldn't just take your cell phone out back then and record things. You actually had to have a, a you know you had to have a uh, some a we called them camcorders. They're like smartphones, but they can't make a call. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, you know, it, it was something that, and now anybody with a phone can make a video of anything. And, uh, and, and specifically those, you know, have 
when YouTube started, we thought this would be this an amazing uh, way for like all this uh, information to get out there, all this all this data, you know, to finally allow people. I, I've been making videos since before Famicom Dojo. We used to put them up on oh gosh, real video and oh, you know okay. j- just direct download of the AVI file or or things oh, like dang. that. Um, I my background is I uh, when I was a college student I worked at a local television station so I learned editing and things like that there <laughs> on an Amiga of all things my first oh, year oh dang yeah I used oh, vi- great. video I had Amiga five hundred when I was growing I up I used video toaster so cool. yeah yeah so when you were first uh, doing it was were com- like uh, when you you first made the, let's say the first Famicom Dojo was sure. was computers. Like, was it enough that you could edit on your own laptop at that stage? Oh, or yeah. Or your own PC? Yeah, I, Sean, a lot a lot of it, Sean did the editing uh, back then. But yeah, he was doing it from, I think, his desktop uh, computer. But yeah, we were... The hardest thing was getting the files uh, to the other thing. There wasn't anything really huge like Dropbox then. So sometimes we had to split mm. the files into tons of little zip files and send them. Uh, once we, I I do believe I actually just mailed an SD card to him, you know, or or, or a CD or something like this was, you know, maybe we sent sure some, that's the over, old the old the older station wagon full yeah. of VHS old tapes is the yeah old, maybe the sent, example in computer science maybe sent them over like AOL Instant Messenger I I don't even remember anymore it's been it's a lifetime ago and and that's that's really cool though that YouTube has grown. Uh, this much because yeah yeah i like it because i mean i, I imagine i i wasn't watching yeah. youtube i'm a bit late to youtube but i yeah. wasn't watching it then but there wasn't i mean um as much on the japanese side no in english no, no there back wasn't then. There is wasn't. that kind of your inspiration oh definitely we i mean we approached this as a way of being uh archivists like i was worried at the time that like some of this knowledge would be lost. Now, I, I never anticipated that YouTube would explode how it is. And now, oh, sorry. Sorry about that. <laughs> and now every single facet of Japan retro gaming has been covered a million times. So it's harder for us to find something brand new. But like some of the things we covered, I do believe uh, we had like the first videos on or the first like ones that went in depth, like the Super Famicom modem video we did. Like... I did that video because I couldn't find anything in English about it. And I figured other people might have wanted to know what this crazy thing is. And now I'm sure there's a million better videos. But like at the time, we thought we were, um, yeah, yeah, creating something for people to know about this other side of gaming. And it's before a lot of people were collecting, you know, and now again, everyone's got their you know walls of games behind them which is my usual look but yeah. uh, <laughs> you know but um at the time it was it was it was kind of rare and uh i had the i had the 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 good fortune to find someone who um in Famicom Dojo is named after a shop called Famicom mm, Dojo. That's where I was going to go next with that. Tell us about that, the real Famicom Dojo. The real Famicom Dojo. Oh, the real, sorry. Yeah. The, the, well, I mean, it still exists. It's 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 run by a like 90-something-year-old woman now um, and her son who has a day job but he still pops in every now and then. And he told me all about like the days, you know, when they switched from being a toy store that sold primarily model trains to this newfangled Famicom when it came out. 
They renamed to Famicom Dojo, but at the beginning days, they had a hard time actually getting Famicoms because they were they were sold out. <laughs> See, Nintendo Nintendo kind of goes in this straight cir- this this circle, but. Um, so for a while, they had to sell like the uh, Super Cassette Vision, which was a kind of not it was it was not up to the specs of the Famicom. It was a little bit higher than like the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Maybe you'd put it on like a Coleco Vision in television kind of level. Kind of level, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but uh, so they were selling that, and then when they finally got Famicom stuff, they sold it. And I, I, wow. you know. They they have never told me the story completely, but I think they were also like, I think they were they were pirating uh, disc system games <laughs> because okay. that was a thing uh, I, yeah it was and so like I, um, I, I you see if you look at an old disc system game you 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 pull out the manual it has a listing of all the places where disc writers could be found. There's there's okay, like yeah. there's like because so these you kiosks could, you made yeah that exactly were available these that could, kiosks yeah. where you could write discs and I knew they sold disc system games back in that day and I'm like why isn't your name listed and I got this very vague answer like well Nintendo wouldn't have listed us and I'm like oh <laughs> you you know I I again I no don't want to throw accusations around but uh, it but. Um, <sighs> But anyway, it's great that that yeah. has existed since then, and and somehow yeah. like this, you know, I guess it's a dying breed. This kind of store can just sort of oh still my exist. And... There's that's the only one I know of in this area. They're used to, when I yeah. came here. Uh, let's see, I came to the city I live in right now in two thousand and four. Um, within within you know easy driving distance, there were four or five mom and pop stores I knew, and this is the last. This is the last man standing. The only thing left is the chains, and chains yeah, can be and sure. chains can be great. You know, uh, hard. I, I we mentioned uh, you know, hard off uh, is one that uh, you mentioned to me that you used to go to, and mm. and they're and they're fun. But like the the chains have got have like woken up to the reality of what things are worth, and that's kind of ruined it. <laughs> Yeah, sure. That's um, now because Famicom Dojo. We don't get too specific, but it's sure. all, it's right in the south. Um, so you're in the the right yeah. in the south. Yeah, we're in Kyushu. Of, we're in Kyushu. Japan. Yeah, in Kyushu. Okay, because yep. I'd love to come, but it's always sort of like I sort of get as far as Osaka, and they go like, oh, okay, I'll, that seems like a real far way past. Yeah, I mean, well, if you ever come, I'll, I'll show you around. I'll show you around. We got I the the closest big city to me, like really big city, is Fukuoka, and that's a that's a fair sized city. And there's some good mm. game shopping there. It's not it's not Tokyo or Osaka, but since it's not Tokyo and Osaka, the prices haven't gone up as much as those places. My goodness, I went to. I, w- I would say yeah. there was a, a correlation between yeah. how hard it. How hard yeah. it is to get to the hard off store right. is how good of deals or how good stuff you're going to find there. Oh, exactly, exactly. I mean, Akihabara. When I came for my first time, yeah, maybe 2004, 2005. Um, no, earlier. Ah, I don't even remember. But because sure. uh, I was a student uh, before I lived here uh, for a little while, and then I they and then I would visit a couple times before I went. Uh, I'll save money on airfare if I just live here. Um, so, so uh the first couple times I went though yeah it's just the the deals were just incredible incredible mm. um even in even in Tokyo because it was mainly a place where gaming enthusiasts came and they they bought their stuff and they resold their stuff and you know there wasn't as much of an idea of 
amassing a giant collection. You know, in those days, you beat an RPG and you sold it, you know. And okay. then you picked up a different game and, and things like that. You, you maybe only held on to the ones that you, you were going to play again and again. That's why um, I think that's why game, some games, especially focused on multiplayer, like Bomberman titles, have really kind of retained their value still because people just held on to those. Mm. And why a game like Chrono Trigger, which is intensely expensive anywhere outside of Japan, can be bought for like $5 here. Sure, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, because... Um, yeah. Why is that? Do you... like? So we've got, uh, even today, so yeah. uh, let's say the market's become saturated sure. and oh, there's a lot of, uh, well, we do that. But still, oh, yeah. Japan is a great place. Still, you can walk oh, into yeah. hard-offs all over the country and it's full of stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, why is that specific to Japan? I mean, is it just the easy answer that that's where this stuff comes from so it stays there? Or is there something else? I mean, a lot of NES oh, yeah. and a lot of was sold in America as well. Like, why? Oh, yeah. what culturally has led to these amazing stores, these uh, great secondhand scene in Japan, do you think? Again, it's not what it used to be. But, like, if we, if we take it back to where, to where it was, um, there's so many, different, so many different reasons of it. Um, for one... Uh, there's, there's, there's this idea of well, here uh, I'm gonna put put something out there that I have no research whatsoever for, but go for it. But for a lot of Japanese people, they live in little apartments. They live in, okay. you know, and uh, there's not a huge amount of space. And you know, um, you know, the best deals you can get on import games in Japan are is in January. Now, why would that be? Okay. Because January is when traditionally Japanese people clean their houses. <laughs> sure. You know, like okay. how like how a lot yeah. of countries have spring cleaning, they clean up mm-hmm. for the New Year's holiday, and like mm. and then after then everything's closed during the New Year's. But then afterwards, they often bring their things to like book off or one of these used game stores. You know, because uh, there's there's the idea of you know out with the old, in with the new. And uh, that's that's when I pounce. <laughs> that's when sure, okay. you know. That's when that's when uh, all the stuff's there. And again, it's not a, it's not as much as it used to be because I think Japan was really slow to get on board the collector market. Mm. If that makes any sense, it you know, does. it does a lot. Yep. Because you had people who were into games. You know, you had I had friends who were, I guess you could say otaku, although it's kind of a it's almost a slur here in Japan, yeah. but like I know a lot of people still wear it as a as a badge of honor. But um even though they, they were totally into games, they had very small collections of games. You know, it was it and uh, the the idea of just amassing the wall, you know, the wall of games. I think a lot of that came about with the advent of YouTube and eBay and and like these these ways of you know um, so online. Well, it's, it's the so internet. Got, it's the internet. Yeah, it's generating FOMO and then exactly. giving us a way to service that FOMO. Exactly, and then it just builds and grows from there. Yeah. And oh man, I yeah, oh FOMO, FOMO, FOMO is my demon. You know, I I, I struggle yeah. with it because, um, I I sold before I got married, I sold off nearly all of my collection. I kept I kept uh, a few games that I really, you know, that I that I really loved, that I really thought because I thought it's time to become an adult. Like that was. <laughs> 
so, so you that, mean specifically before the wedding, like <laughs> like you were like, okay, we're preparing for the new yeah, life, and basically, and all this. So I'll I'll liquidate the most of the collection. Yeah, planning to start a family, you know, and I'm like, ah, oh, you know, I I still like video games, and I st- I'll still play video games, but you know, I don't need to have all of this stuff. And that was yeah, I got married 14 years ago today, actually. <laughs> so congratulations on thank that. That you was very uh, quite much. a coincidence. I didn't know we were booking this. So ah, it's okay. On it's that. okay. Thank you. Um, but. And so I, I, I got rid of all kinds of stuff. I had, oh my goodness, I had a, a very respectable Neo Geo AES collection. I had, mm. I had a lot of PC Engine stuff. I had like, but at the time it was not unforeseen. You know, the, the the prices were still reasonable. So I still lied to myself that I'd be able to, you know. Yeah put the collection back together if I ever regretted the choice um about oh let's 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 be generous and say two years later I realized I'd made a terrible mistake and (laughs) that and that it was possible to love my wife and love my family and also to be an adult who has a secret game room you know I you know so we built a we built a house about Gosh, what would it be now? About eight years ago. I, uh, by we, of course, I mean the builders built it. But like, uh, well, I understood that. It's, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a, a just don't 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 want to don't want to oversell myself. But uh, when that happened, uh, we put in a game room with a lock on the door, so no one has to know how incredibly uh, yeah. how and incredibly that's the room nerdy. that we see on your videos when you're a streaming, lot of the time. We'll yeah. That's okay. now it looks possibly bigger than it is because for a lot of people their game room they 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 put the wall of games behind them but there's this big rest of the room but mine is just a a, a smallish closet really I mean it it's, seems like a closet it is yeah. quite it is quite yeah there's I could probably touch both walls if I extend but the thing is the reason it's so small is because there's deep shelves going all the way around it. Okay. Um, so you designed it when you built it. You said, "Okay, you have some right. thought to how we're going to put the shelves in around." That's it. right. And I, I was very, very clever because I didn't want them to know how big of a nerd I was. I said, <laughs> I, I said, I collect records, and I thought that would be a good size because, like, collector's edition boxes can sometimes be as big as an LP, and mm. because I also collect laser discs, which is another. That's another rabbit hole we're not going to go down today. But, <laughs> but, um. So, yeah, but I ran out of space a few years later and like the collection is now also upstairs and uh some of it's at my mother-in-law's house and uh it's it's the store is a survival mechanism. Like the store was not intended to really be a store. It's just it gives me legitimacy for buying so many games. Like it's it's a, it's an alibi really. I mean, you know. I can imagine it's a bit of a, like, it's also the, how to say, the thrill of the hunt is part of it. Exactly. As well. You get to have the thrill of the hunt and then actually have an outlet for it. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm constantly, like, upgrading my own collection. Like, I have what I consider the permanent collection, Mm, which is the games that I play, that I love. And Mm. a great deal of them have some kind of a childhood memory connected with them. Or one that I've discovered since being in Japan and just fell in love with. But um, so I, I have that, and and pretty much everything else is 
for sale. Again, FOMO is uh, FOMO is terrible. It's hard to let go. I have like this is why I'm such a terrible store owner it's like it's like a drug dealer who's also a user you, you know what i mean it's like yeah. it's it's a big problem because i'll find something and i'll be like oh this would be great for the store or i could just keep it <laughs> and i found myself going like oh do i really want to list this game on the store right now i only have three copies <laughs> and it's like that's a. I mean I hear myself say it but i'm like mm-hmm. what if two copies break you know it's, you know like it's uh yeah i understand yeah. that for me uh i live uh i live in, in europe in, in Tallinn, in estonia oh, okay I have a pretty small apartment here as yeah, well yeah so um the way that i've solved that problem for myself is i, I rent a storage room ah and, uh, at this at this stage well i've still got some because yeah. my girlfriend and i moved in together so some of my furniture is still in there yeah. so there's a barbecue and big stuff as well but there's boxes and boxes and at this stage i've got <laughs> well I don't, it's not all games definitely i don't make it out i've got yeah, them laid yeah. out but i've got two shipping containers right now that oh i my rent goodness. uh as well and that's not all games but there's monitors i've got a uh, i like to collect crts as well so i've got i've been that's stashing beautiful. those as well because uh, yeah. right now in my area we're in the tail end of a uh, the crt golden age you can still get a reasonable deal you can still get them for 20 bucks when they come up you yeah maybe one a couple times a month a trinitron yep. a consumer trinitron will oh, come nice. up for about 20 bucks um so if, if you've got the manpower to store it so i've got a few of those i've been keeping them in there uh, i understand this is not necessarily maintainable in the future oh, i no. also ask myself questions i know what is where does this go what do i do how am i i mean if uh, monitors keep going into the storage room yep. when do they come out? I can't answer that question. I had to get rid of a CRT uh, last year, whatever, because it was it was giant. It like it was mm-hmm. uh, it was one of the later ones, so it was uh, you know letterbox shaped, very flat. You know the tube was very flat. Mm. It was it it was it was really nice, but I couldn't I couldn't justify keeping it at the time. Um, because there was just absolutely no room for it. It was just a beast. It was very heavy, very, very large. And, you know, we already had, you know, the flat screen and I have a smaller CRT in my, in my gaming room. And, uh, I was, I was like, I want to keep this. And, uh, my wife asked me and I'm like, well, CRTs, you see, you see scan lines. (laughs) Like it was, it was a, it was a losing battle. It was a losing battle, but, but I regret it. I regret it because, you know, it's getting harder and harder to find those things. And it's hard to know. I mean, Mike mentioned, I just actually, I had a 20 inch that was sitting in our lounge room and finally I, we've had some negotiations with my girlfriend. Okay. It's got to get out. You know, we got to, so that one's going to the storage room. I've got a a 14 inch that I'll keep here in this little, den that i've got um actually that's interesting um tell us about the the state of crts in japan are they available can you find them easily or not i mean not even talking about pro monitors and bvms and pvms and that sort of stuff what's your take on crts in in japan well i mean i gotta say recently they're getting harder and harder to find there used to be a dime a dozen if you went Mm. to if you went to um uh, now the you you're familiar with hard off for the for the software it's a it's a chain of stores actually that has a number of them there's also book off which is a used bookstore and hobby off which sells like 
Gundam models and toys and things like that. And there's also Off House. And Off House sells um, furniture and appliances. And you used to walk in there and you could get CRTs for a thousand yen, which is like $10 US. Um, but the thing is, since nobody really wants them anymore in Japan, these stores have stopped taking them. So, like, once they sold through their initial stock, now you can get a CRT find um, if you go, like, if you know someone who works in an electronics store, because in Japan, you can't just throw one of these things away. You actually have to yeah. pay to recycle it. Mm-hmm. And so if you announce that you will take someone's old CRT, they will give it to you. In fact, they may even pay you to take it. Right. Because it's it gonna it's going to cost them like thirty dollars, uh, you know, three thousand yen. Sorry, I, I'm, I'm using I'm using American <laughs> dollars. That's right, go. Because... It's all U.S. euros, dollars. Okay. It's all kind of same samey for the you know yeah yeah numbers, yeah way we do it here. But uh, but because it's going to cost them thirty bucks, so they they might give you mm. ten bucks to get rid of it for them. You know, so. Mm. But the problem is, is less and less people have those sitting around anymore. People have, you know, since the digital signal stopped, you know, sorry, since the since the signal that a CRT can pick up has stopped, you know, it's it's of little use to anyone outside of gamers, really. And gamers, for yeah. the most part, have have the CRTs they're going to they're going to be using. And uh, what's sad is a lot of them are just being stripped for parts. So like yeah. they are they there there's me, there's precious metals in them and they're being shipped off in storage containers to China where they're being taken apart and uh, the the bits being sold off. So right now, if you live in Japan and you know a guy, you can get CRTs. Not not too 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 bad. Like maybe classifieds. I mean, that's how I get them here. Not like online people selling person to person. That's how I'm getting them in Estonia. Not as not as much. I mean, I suppose if you use like Yahoo auctions or whatever. But for the most part, the shipping is so expensive to to send over something like that that a lot of right. Them, it's very localized. Yeah. Yeah. It, if you can, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah. So in such. A, sorry to cut you off, but yeah, I'm sort ahead. of interested in the the dynamics sure. of way that works. So because again, I'm I kind of forget yeah. in some moments because uh, Estonia is a country. Yeah. 1.3 million people. Yeah. That's yeah. a country. Yeah. Yeah. It's nuts how small that can yeah. be. So we're very small, very connected. I can sort of, we got one yeah. one or two classifieds websites and that's it. But yeah. okay, Japan, huge country. Everyone's packed in. Uh, there's not sort of these local or regional. Is it really just the Yahoo auctions or are there smaller ones or? Oh, there's there's you... there's a few there's a few different things. Uh, probably the one that, that, that would be for like just regular people selling stuff they don't need anymore is Medukari. Which I believe has gone international now, but uh, it started in Japan, and it's yeah, it's based. And there's still flea markets and things like that. But again, no one's no one's hefting a CRT to those things. You know, like they might have used to when it had some value, but no one's going to be able to sell it for very much. So a lot of people just don't don't bother with. It. And you're not you're not seeing that demand from gamers if now if you follow anything on youtube yeah. it's just not in america it's just like non-stop you oh, know yeah. they're getting oh yeah crazy 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 oh yeah uh and i know australia is a little bit in estonia as i said we can still pick yeah. them up here it's starting to get there but you're not seeing that demand from retro gamers in japan for them not as much but again yeah. like i i think that it like the really really hardcore people who are really into it they're obviously looking for that kind of tech you know they're finding them sure sure 
and they're finding them or they're using uh, frame meisters or things like that and they're 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 avoiding the CRT but still kind of getting that retro experience for the most part but one of the things is most gamers in Japan do not care at all because huh. I, I I've I and that's something that okay uh, one of my pet peeves, and you don't see this anymore because everything's everything's HD now, but Japan got letterbox TVs long before the rest of the world. You know, you mean when, sixteen by nine. Sixteen by, by nine. Yes, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Look at me. I'm, but right, anyway, I, call, I still call CRTs box TVs. There you go. There fine. you go. Perfect. It's fine. But they would have these, but they'd be watching a standard, you know, four by four by three signal with it stretched out. And I, and you'd go to like you'd go to like the post office where they've got a TV set up while people are waiting and things like that or a waiting room, and and it it just bothered me. I'm like, how can you, how can you not see how terrible that is? And they just didn't care, you know it. And so a lot of you know a lot of uh, even 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 gaming stores where they had the kiosks. When the Wii came out, they had they had upgraded, of course. They had upgraded, of course, uh, for the you know because it was also around the time of the PlayStation Three, Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty. So they had their TV things upgraded. But when they put the Wii's connected to them, they often like or or like GameCube or something like that. They often still had it all stretched out. And I'm like, adjust your options. You, you, how can this be okay to you? How can this you know? I don't know. But it's interesting because yeah. okay, so if you, I mean any look yeah. over retro gaming YouTube would tell oh, yeah. there is plenty of OCD Ooh, or yeah, a little bit yeah, on the yeah, spectrum yeah, yeah. or something, and oh, we've got to have the CRT aligned correctly. Oh, I, of I do this podcast with my friend uh, Steve, and <laughs> yeah. he's uh, like one of the most well-known CRT repair guys on YouTube. Wow, uh, spends his whole time. He can pull apart PVMs, yeah. BVMs, and that's his whole job. Is 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 fixing them and you endless amounts of oh, posts where oh, someone definitely. posts a picture of the the 240p test suite with the grid lines and they're fine but they're like oh my god it's off by a i can't cope <laughs> with it so i don't know i don't know if i'm going a stretch too far here to go that there's yeah. some weird i don't know ocd oh there's some gotta weird be perfectionism in but in western culture oh yeah you're saying you don't see it as much in japanese culture I would broadly say that from what you've just said. Is oh, that... I mean, there's definitely a fringe. Have you ever played? There's a very famous visual novel called Steins Gate. Have you ever played this? I, it, or, no, or, or heard no. of it? One of the no, character, one of the characters in this game is a CRT enthusiast. Okay, all right. And this game is supposed to take place in modern day, and the other characters are always asking this person why they care about these old. So, like. It's it's a known thing in Japan that there are definitely those people on. I, I almost used the word the spectrum, but but I wouldn't be I wouldn't be totally wrong. You know, I mean, there's so definitely right, we're saying respectfully yeah. when we it, say exactly it. okay. exactly. Um, but there's definitely people who are on that spectrum of geekiness. You know what I mean? Where where um that that definitely matters. And again. When you go to when you go to some place like Akihabara, you're gonna find those people, and you're gonna find those shops. You're gonna find people who collect arcade boards, which are incredibly expensive and difficult to use, and they're gonna hook those up to the best CRTs possible. You know, they they are going to to care so very much, 
And then there's the local arcade in my town, which has the CRTs with huge burn in. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, they, they, you know, it's, it's Tetris now they've switched it over to Tetris, but you can still see the baseball player from the game that was on there before. And it, you know, it, but it's, it's kind of like, that's good enough because gaming for like the, the enthusiast and gaming for mainstream are so incredibly different, like not just for retro, but, uh, to, okay. Switch is, is plowing the competition there's there's no there's no competition at all right now it's it's nintendo switch which is inarguably the lowest you know the maybe not lowest tech because there's some pretty advanced chips in there but like but like from a visual perspective you don't have 4k you don't have anything like that but it sells because it's good enough and i think for a lot of the things there there is that idea of of good enough or alternate philosophy there's a lot of there's a lot of this that exists that i am unaware of uh that's that's very possible too because um you know uh, a lot of the a lot of the gamers i know here are not so much into retro in the way that i am and you know they're fine to hook up their their like super famicom to a 4k tv and yeah it's fine just plug it straight in with yeah, a composite just... cable and go for it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. To us, it's just butchery. It's just... Yeah, I mean, I, I'd be lying if I said I haven't done it myself, but, you know. <laughs> but now, you know, I'm, I got, I've got my scan line generator that works, you know, it's, you know, and then a lot of games are trying to put that in itself. I don't know. I mean... I know the, the, the purpose of this is not to just go on about CRTs, but something has been lost, you know? Oh, from, no. It, yeah, by the way, yeah. totally fine. Yeah. Our, the whole other podcast, Steve and I have a whole podcast <laughs> okay. called the Cathode Ray Podcast. Okay. And okay, good. every week we talk for an hour and a half about CRT, oh, so you are I, good company. Perfect. Yeah. I'm, I'm not getting off topic. I'm getting on no, topic. No, 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 oh, that's no. wonderful. It. That's wonderful. Love it. Um. But I mean, you've seen all you've seen all the, the the posts or whatever where you show where they show the original CRT image and the and and like the smoothed up. I I I I know someone who's super super into like square pixels. Okay. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like like super sharp. Like, like on a flat super screen super sharp. I think it looks sharp, so yeah. ugly. I just can't you, because. You want the sharpest CRT possible, but in a way that still, the way that the games would have been designed, still fuzzy enough. I, you know, I'm telling you these things, but like, I'm sure this is this is probably all the episodes you've talked about before. But, um, but yeah, there's there's something about that, and I think I don't know, I. It's kind of sad that people aren't more into it, but at the same time, maybe it's healthier because it doesn't bring the prices to unreasonable levels. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, people have their it's favorite games. It's definitely a thing yeah. in the states. Those, especially the professional oh, yeah. level monitors, they're just bananas. Oh yeah. Like oh yeah. I'm I'm glad I've picked up. I've got a, a BVM myself, a 20 inch BVM, which is my 
pride and joy and will probably be my retirement fund one day. <laughs> um, but as you say, yeah. the, one of the, 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 the weird things and the difficulties with CRTs is, okay, fine, I've got a 20-inch BVM. Yeah. If, if that thing was in America where I could get it with Steve and we could ship it with oh, some yeah. sort of reasonable shipping, maybe, I don't know, two, 3,000, who knows, right? Yeah. The problem is that monitor is sitting in Tallinn, Estonia, and there's not that many people that I can actually no. ship that. As, and if you want to say something is only worth what someone will pay, well... Something's only worth what someone will pay to you know, get it to them as well. That's a factor in the transaction. Oh, yeah. yeah. And as you sort of alluded before that the, the CRTs were, were being shipped off to places like China to get yep. disassembled. I know there is... Uh, like, I'm not even sure that you can uh, import a CRT to America anymore. Like, I know... I think you can't import them into oh. the EU. They're definitely strict because of the oh, chemicals that are in them. I would say so, Yeah. And stuff like that. I know Steve and I have discussed, he knows a few people in different places around the world who talk to yep. him and they're like, look, we've got a, we're in somewhere in this Asian country yep. and we've got a, a garage full of these old things. And it sounds great. You want to get the logistic guys on it, but oh, then yeah. there's importing of these things, like how you declare it and the chemical, it's just, it couldn't oh, happen. Yeah. So um, they're, they're a funny thing to price because of that. They're really about where is the item it might actually be where it, Ends oh yeah days. oh yeah it's 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 crazy yeah and the, the shipping restrictions have gotten so much stricter um mm. technically i can't ship something like a 3ds right now because of the batteries huh. i you know you can, can you take the battery out and then you can tell you you can mm. but like nobody wants that you know <laughs> i mean well i'm sure there's some people who want that um but like you you yeah you have to be it, things things have gotten a lot more a lot more difficult you know and uh mm. um gosh i used to send people back in the day when you could get cheaper shipping i used to send people laser disc players because they cool. they are okay. they're they were there was a time when they were so cheap in in japan for the models that were selling for three four times that price in the united states now, I wouldn't do it these days because the only shipping that's affordable uh, for sending something like that is also really crummy shipping where you, you d would definitely get the laser out of alignment or something like that. So, uh, Are there any um, – I want to move on. I will move on to your oh, sure. store soon. But I guess with the, the shipping thing, though, are there any uh, – like how to say – are there still some – I don't know, like sea shipping that like will be okay? It'll just take three or four months or something. Does that – Oh yeah, exist. it exists, and and in fact, that's one of the very few shipping options that still exists right now to Europe. Uh, since mm. um, at the time we're talking about this, there is the the conflict in uh, Ukraine. Um, a almost all airmail shipping to uh, Europe has been suspended. Dang! Right now, so the right, and if people look at a map. Yep. You'll very quickly work that yep, out because yep, you've yep. got a big old country called Russia in between the EU and Japan. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. And here in southern Japan, like I can see Vladivostok from like, from like my well, not I mean, I can't, but but you know, like we're you we're, can see we're Russia pretty, from your yeah, house. That's yeah, what exactly, you want to say, Sarah exactly. Palin, yes, isn't that's, it? Yeah. Oh. You know, I was going to make a Sarah Palin joke right there, but I'm like, is he going to get it? But yeah, I guess. Oh, I've got it. Because, I mean, I'm here in Estonia. Yeah. I'm, it's, you know, that's a funny kind of yeah. thing. We live on really the opposite ends of oh, the yeah. earth. Oh, yeah. Completely. But we both border Russia. Yeah. I'm three hours away yeah. from the border here yeah. right now. You're, you know, not that far away from no. the other end of that, that country. Yeah, it's really crazy. Oh, it's really crazy. But uh, it's small. Yeah, it's small world when you really think about it. And it, I also think it's funny how, like, uh, how I 
I live in I live in Japan and have have for seventeen years, and you live in Estonia, and we can still make a Sarah Palin joke when neither of us lives in yes. America. That's 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 that speaks that speaks. But we but were it, doing uh, <laughs> one of the things that uh, the also the thing that I do here on the ground in yeah. Estonia is I run a stand up comedy production company. Oh really? And uh, I, look, it's a real long and kind of odd story. I'm Australian, but I've yeah. lived here for more than a decade, and yeah. everyone else I work with is Estonian. We run Estonian language shows, but I'm. <laughs> don't speak very well Estonian <laughs> and uh, we were doing every year we like to take a, a show to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival which oh, is the nice. biggest yeah, uh, arts yeah. festival in the world and the first year we went we wanted to it's a Sto- Estonian show they're doing it in English obviously sure and we didn't know like how to to say like how to to say we're Estonian yeah. we don't want to be too stereotyped we want to say we're Estonia and one of the options that we came down to in the end was we can see Russia from our house and uh, as the name of the show and uh it was the last three and we decided we couldn't put russia oh in the title goodness. yeah yeah uh, yeah we actually set we settled on straight out of estonia in the end which was a bit again we couldn't i was like Ooh, yeah. a bit cringy but it said the name so yeah 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 we went for it anyway yeah um i wanted to to start to get into your online store uh, sure uh, so uh, retro sorry japan retro direct yeah it is the it is the lamest title possible <laughs> but i i wanted i wanted to be exactly direct uh we i had a store that predated it and it was called rising stuff like land of the rising sun land of the rising, rising stuff, stuff yeah. but it it was it was terrible for like search results and things like that because stuff is like one of the most common you know and like mm. people were finding things about self rising flower and like it was it was it was pretty <laughs> bad and then we let the we let uh, a friend of I, mine and I were making that and we let the domain lapse for a while and then uh, you know I was gonna started up again after my kids got a little older and I, I tried to rebuy the domain name and they wanted like thousands of dollars for it. And I'm like, no, no, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no, it wasn't that good of a name to begin with. And so I thought I wanted to make it as direct. Yeah. As, as, as direct as possible. Japan d- retro direct, which again, very, very boring name, but like sometimes when the name is too, too cool, uh, it's harder to find, but yeah. I get you. Well, my my production company is called Comedy Estonia. You don't get more straight up and there down you than go. that because. But what's uh, when it about? We, when, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> when we when we started uh, over ten years ago, there yeah. was no stand up comedy in Estonia. We Ooh. sort of introduced that wow. art form to this country, and it was a real cool privilege. At the time, we didn't like understand the greater yeah. thing we were doing, which is a bunch of dickheads yeah. standing yeah. on a coffee table yeah. telling jokes for the first time. And um, yeah, but it was like we had we understood that we we needed a super literal name. So yeah. comedy Estonia, and then the first sort of theatery type show we did was literally called stand. Like we were like, well, what are we gonna name it? And we're like, well, it's gonna have stand up comedy in the title, okay? Because you know it has to be that. Yeah, yeah. And like, but we also wanted to be personal, so stand up comedy with Lewis and Eric was the name of the first show. There you go. Not very exciting. No, but, hey, no. It worked. You got you know, it. Worked you at got the time. It. So when you um okay how many years ago was it that you did the reborn the Japan Retro Direct this oh, V two when did you begin this I mean it's it's hard to say because for a while I was selling on this site called Game Gavel have you heard of it I remember the Game Gavel yep. version at and, first and right, if you, yeah, and before if you, you switched to your own engine yeah and if you have heard of it you've probably heard bad things because <laughs> it was it was owned by the people who went on to try to make the Coleco Chameleon. 
Oh, good, good. Yeah, yeah got a good yeah. reputation. Yeah, yeah, really good. But <laughs> it was it was great for me because um, there was no fees whatsoever because they were just looking for they were trying to build up the site so they invited a bunch of people um, from like YouTube communities or whatever to try to publicize it by by listing stuff. So it, I mean, I I, I never got involved in any of their, you know big projects but like i listed my stuff there with no fees whatsoever which which was a lot better than ebay and because i was like the only really big seller on the site it almost became my site you know and mm. uh i uh, it was that was that was kind of a golden age because that was at the tail end of when games were available super cheap and it was also kind of an auction site too and people were paying more than i imagined that they would uh, for things so Ooh. it was and then you dropped out there for me uh, oh, uh, sorry right now. thank you for, no, oh, yeah, good. Yeah, no, you're back for again. a second okay oh good That's we're fine. good you were saying at the tail end there was the auction site you're actually getting some good some good prices yeah some some people were actually i like for the most part people were doing the I, what i what i did was i put a, a fairly low auction price and then a, a slightly higher buy it now price and most people went with the buy it nows, but occasionally I'd list something interesting, and I'd you know I I I'd wind up getting more than I would have imagined. So it was it was it was nice, but it was but I'm very bitter about it because it shut down with no notification to me. I had oh, okay. uh, thousands of listings uh, on there at the time. Oh, drop out again. Oh, there. sorry, I lost you again. It's all right. Just wait for you to come back. Oh, here we, here we go. go. Here we go. Sorry, here I lost go. you again. No, all good. Okay. Uh, so as I was saying... Yep. Um, it shut down quickly for some reason. It shut down quickly. I, I'm still not exactly sure why with no um, no advance notice. Oh. So I had uh, over a thousand games listed. And at the time, I was making descriptions for everything because I... I what I always hated was when you go on eBay and you see a game you're not familiar with and you have no idea what it's about or if you can even play it. So my descriptions were always like, uh, you you know you can play this game without knowing Japanese or mm. this game is playable if you use a walkthrough. Here's the link to Game Facts, you know, and like mm. stuff like that. So I lost all that information. I had to start from scratch because, oh. and I contacted them and I said, can I just have my data, you know, because I'm gonna mm. I'm gonna move it, and they said no. And so it it uh, they're like we don't know where it is, and I'm like, nice yeah, business, okay, right. nice. So is business. that what inspired yeah. you to move to your own platform? You're like, That's this right. ain't gonna happen again. Okay. So the the new site is about three years old, something like that. It's not it's not three three and a half, something like that. Uh, it's something not that It's not very old, but like at uh, at the time, I just to to tell you the truth, uh, I wasn't. We had a lot of stuff. Uh, so when I was the first iteration rising stuff, we still had all these games. And frankly, I wanted to just put it up for a while to get rid of that stuff. Mm. But it was so fun that I just kept it going because oh, I, I, I'd like to point out, like, this is not a job, not in any way. Sure. This is this mm -hmm. is this is this is a hobby. Boutique is putting it too nicely, but like <laughs> it's it's. I I have a really good relationship with a lot of the customers that I have and when and they send me lists of things and I go out game hunting for them and I I get that thrill. You know, they 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 tell me like 
they, they'll give me a price. They're like, don't go higher than this. And I'm like, I can do it. I'm going to find one. Nope, <laughs> that one's too expensive. Go go to a couple mm. other places. That's it. That's that's the condition they wanted. That's the sweet spot, you know. Mm. And there's definitely some. There's definitely some endorphins uh, happening sure. right there. And, like, the store is... I was going to say maybe self-sustaining, but I, again, since I'm a collector myself, I do not mm-hmm. think there's any actual profit. Like, like there's, there, you know, but but it, it allows me to buy pieces to keep for my collection, and I make a, a little bit extra that I can keep the, the site running and, you know, um, mm. because I have, I, have, I have four children. And so I, and, and my job is not elite. So like, um, there's not a lot, if, if I didn't do this story, like what, 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 what is it they often say? It's, it's a job that provides me beer money, but I, but I, I I would prefer to uh, buy games. (laughs) I actually wonder, I I have some more questions about the store, but actually uh, again, with your day job, I just had a question about Japanese culture. Sure. Um, the term maybe international people know salary man right sure, like sure. i love that that term yeah because to a westerner like me it almost sounds like it should be derogatory a little bit i mean but to a certain extent it, it is you, i mean how do you take that word most japanese people uh fall i mean professionals fall into this salary man thing because most of them are not executives most of them you know you wear a suit every day you i I don't know. Salaryman like depends on the job, really. If you like the job that you're doing, salaryman is is okay. But mm. if you don't, it's basically a euphemism for wage slave. You know, I mean, let's like it's yeah. very, <laughs> you know, um, it the, the work culture here is insane. Uh, how many hours people work? How how companies basically expect people to do overtime on a voluntary basis, you know, um, just the, I mean, there is a, there's a word in Japanese called uh, karoshin, and it means to die by overwork. (laughs) And one of my students was asking me, oh, sorry, karoshin or karoshi, it depends on how it's used. But one of my, one of my, um, friends was asking me how you would translate to English and I said we do not have a word for that in English (laughs) you know like we don't you don't normally see people drop dead from overwork in this country unless they're working an intensely dangerous job or they're a pro gamer (laughs) or in Detroit or something yeah yeah, yeah, exactly exactly you know yeah like I mean yeah there's a there's a there's a lot of words in Japanese that that have no meaning uh in in english uh it's like there's there's one that there's one that japanese people love to use all the time it's uh it's a uh, shigataganai or it's often sh- shortened as shogunai which means i i could translate it to it can't be helped or that's life it i mean it's closer to like the french like c'est la vie or like uh the spanish que sera sera you know and they're like, what do you say in English? And I'm like, we don't. We're so stubborn. We don't give up on any, you know, like I'm an American. Like, no, we, yeah. we don't. We don't just relax. Chill out, man. No, we don't. We don't. We do. Yeah. We, we don't. We don't let it go. You know, <laughs> like we, we made the movie Frozen, but we have no idea how to let it go. Um, you know, <laughs> so. 
so on um yeah okay i just want to fix that cultural sure, reference and sure. i guess okay then the final one is after sure. i worked out it's not a terrible thing to say yeah. do you, would you describe yourself as a salary man I mean, I definitely work that kind of uh, those kind of hours, but I think as a foreigner in Japan, I never will be considered a salary man because I'm yeah, okay. I'm too unique here. And one of the almost definitions of being a salary man is to fit in and not be particularly unique. You know, they all wear the same suits, they you know, and which is which is a disservice because I know I have plenty of friends who are salary men here who who lead amazingly awesome lives outside of their work. But, you know, they so it's not necessarily derogatory, but it's not exactly a compliment either. Yeah, sure. I would consider myself a creative but uh, working salaryman type hours. <laughs> yeah, sure. I, wear, okay. I wear I wear suit and tie every day. Uh, All right. That's nice. Okay, yeah. Now we get the, so, the picture. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Back to your, your store a little bit. Sure. Like, I, from the outside, before I knew your sort of I, I mean, I've been following you before sure. that. But the the observation that I made through Game Gavel, and then yeah. particularly when it came to the your own site, sure. was that you were really focusing on the affordable games. Like That's right. you were the one selling. Like I can buy baseball on the the Famicom, which you know is a couple yeah. of bucks or something like that. You were you're building that. What was your? I mean, you've talked about your philosophy that you just wanted stuff for yourself, but the stuff you were selling was the the lower end of the scale. What was your sort of philosophy starting with that? Because well, when I when I started, I, I had some of the more higher end stuff, but like, um, one of the things is those type of games have really gone up in price in Japan as well. They, you know, it's it's very expensive. If you want to get um, something like, oh, let me let me think of uh, one of the, like a, a PC Engine like Rondo of Blood or something, Castlevania. Okay, you know, mm. though that's 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 good. That's going to run you two hundred bucks. In, in Japan still too and I could find a copy of that and I could sell it for eBay prices or whatever and you know I could sell it for like 220 or something like that you know but there's a tremendous risk in doing that like when you when you buy the games you often can't test them or anything like that and and some of and I do a lot of shopping when I'm outside of my hometown um, so you know, I, I get that and I find out that it's scratched or something like that, which, you know what, it's not very often in Japan. They keep yeah, they keep sure. their stuff in really good condition. But the thing is, when you go for a game that expensive, you're dealing with collectors and, and collectors with like a capital C or whatever, you know, like they the people who use terms like minty fresh and, uh, you know, and like uh, complete inbox and things like that. I mean, I've had people who complained at the time when I was selling more expensive games. They're like, the registration card wasn't in there and you claimed it nah. to be complete. And I'm like, okay, it had the stickers. It had the, you know, mm. as a, the registration card. It's something people throw away, you know, like. Yeah, okay. um, and so when you're dealing with a game like that, there's a tremendous amount of risk. And to tell you the truth, I always felt like a lot of the games that I was selling were just going into the hands of people who were reselling them. Yeah, okay. But when I but what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to find the affordable little games that people can actually play, you know, maybe that were a bit overlooked. Um, I you know I'm a I'm a tremendous proponent of games that that you know finding the good in games that were not maybe not necessarily considered all that good, you know, and 
you know, I, uh, my, ideally, I want to get games into the hands of people for like under t- games that are, can be bought for under $10 that can be hmm. played without knowing a lot of Japanese or can be played using a walkthrough or something like that. Or, or even just the U.S. version is so incredibly expensive that it's just you're never going to own the actual one. But, it, but having a, a boxed Final Fantasy VI on your shelf looks so nice. The mm. art is beautiful, you know. Just, I, 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 I'm hoping to do that. And but, I do sell higher priced items, but by request. You know, okay. if someone contacts me and they're like, "I'm looking for this," and I can know exactly what condition they're looking for, and I can send some pictures while I'm out shopping and be like, "Is this one good enough?" You know, then then I'll do that. But for the most part, I'm just really happy to. Uh, you know, pick up these, pick up these little things. And, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, there's a few games that I will, that I will buy just because they're favorites of mine that, that sell for a little more. Like I'll, I'll always pick up copies of sin and punishment when I see it. Cause I'm, I'm a big fan of that game and, um, uh, a couple other ones, but mm. Yeah, curated got, is a good and word. And I like yeah. that. I like that you you like because that keeps that personal thing. Because yeah. I've, uh, I, I think part of the the reselling of games, yeah. I've not really resold much myself. Yeah. I haven't overcome yeah. the FOMO that you've talked a lot oh, about. Oh my goodness! Uh, you know, you start. My, you, I, I, I've, a couple of times I've yep. tried to go to the local market and I've sold a few sure. there. And I like sure. to think, uh, I like to think some guy rolls along in Tallinn, Estonia, and finds some Nintendo sixty four games yeah. or something, yeah. and for a decent, and I'm doing something for this guy. But still, sure. I look at the price and go like. Oh, would I give it away for that much? Do I love it more than I know that I, I, I want to sell crazy. it for, and that sort of thing? And I like that you have kept it personal. Yeah, and uh, I think, and I would say, it seems from the outside that's how you've managed to avoid the issue that yeah. when you turn a, a hobby into a business, that can exactly just turn things around and oh, yeah. often spoil the fun for it. So it seems oh. like you're really conscious of that line to keep it fun. Oh yeah, I mean, because if again, it's not profitable for me. I mean, yeah. you know. Because I do, I do it because I mean this is it's something it's something I love doing. It allows me to have thousands of games in my house temporarily. <laughs> I feel like a video store, you know. <laughs> Kids, a video store was a place that you could go. And you could, <laughs> like, had these videos, a magnetic tape. It was amazing. But, um, but like I mean, the idea that I have like a constantly, I have my permanent collection and I have a constantly flowing temporary collection, mm. and my kids, nice. my kids have of course followed followed that, and like my 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 daughter's uh, twelve years old right now, and she's really, she's starting to appreciate things right now, and like I can just go into, you know go into my gaming closet and they'll be like, hey, you should you should try this one out or whatever. She helps me test games sometimes. Because That's cool. now this is another thing. And this is why the store is never gonna grow to be too big. Because I won't sell anything that I haven't played. Okay. And I won't and I won't sell anything that I haven't tested. So um this is why this is why, you know if you if you follow my Twitter, you'll see that like there's there's about like there about ten games go up a day, because that's as much as I can cope with. Because mm. I and they're almost always like today I put up Super Famicom and Famicom. Why those two they're systems? In a batch. Yeah, yeah, because those are the two systems I have hooked up to my TV right now, and yeah. and I just test a bunch of them and like so so it's 
but you know unfortunately like that's led to a bunch and, and if the, the game's scratched up or anything like that it goes in a box that's in my attic right now which is full of maybe four or five hundred games they're in so they work like mm. they play but i know that like it's not what i would want to get if i got it do, do you know what i mean and it's really hard to show this how scratched it you know and it's uh, so sure, i don't, you don't know. feel comfortable about it. it's going to ship over the other side of the world exactly, you know exactly. there's a chance this is going to become a problem and if no one sends yeah. it back they've still got some feeling exactly better just to I, make a nice feeling for everyone or like the the manuals too faded or something like that but you can't really tell from the photo so i don't know what i'm gonna do someday is i'm gonna make like i'm just gonna be like i'll, I'll send you f- two kilos of games for 10 bucks or you know just to get rid of it but to yeah. someone who maybe can resurface the discs or something like that i don't know but right now it's just accumulating and this is a problem because this is going to be my son's room soon so like <laughs> i i have to I have to figure out where that's going to go Fair yeah enough. yeah before with the final thing with the store i was wondering sure. have you noticed any um interesting patterns from buyers as you see the buyers come and go and different things and and, and patterns from western buyers that maybe you hadn't expected or interesting yeah. things that had popped up from people tell us about that oh gosh i mean there's 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 so many things uh french people love anime games like okay i i don't know why but like they they did i sell a ton of ton of anime games and then there's people who collect things that like you wouldn't think people collected like baseball games for me i i like i like baseball games but like i'm fine with owning one from each generation you you know what i mean but there are people who are trying to get like a complete set of famicom baseball games there were a lot of baseball games on the famicom like more than 40 is a crazy amount um and there's people trying to collect that and I'm, i'm thinking are they trying to get a complete famicom set no they're just collecting baseball and i don't know or there's a lot of people who collect games from a manufacturer Hmm. one of my one of my one of my customers and friends uh collects games from an obscure japanese uh, development house called like i believe it was pronounced hunex h-u-n-e-x or something and they make shovelware basically but but like they're 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 fans of this and if i see a game by that manufacturer i i send them a a text i'm like oh i found one you know they're not ex- they're never expensive but they're they're n- not common either like they're rare without being really pricey because they're 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 not well known so there's definitely people who are making their own like collections of things a lot of people want the rockman games which unfortunately sure. have gone have okay. shot up in price a lot mm. But they want they want them as loose carts because they look okay. so cool lined up. It's mm-hmm. just the rainbow. Um, yeah, that thing about yeah. you, like the people are trying to find their own subgenres to collect yeah, and or make right. my own niche. Like that's I'm never right. going to have the whole Famicom collection. That's right. I'm never going right. to have that for many reasons. There's so many of them, yep. and of course those expensive. But if I can f- carve off some part. And maybe that is what's satisfying the phone. Yeah. Okay, now I've got the collection, not the full, but I've got something and an interesting niche. As you said, yeah. everything's been done under the sun That's almost right. with retro That's games right. now. So I'll find that. So, okay, it kind of, I guess if you pick through that, that ultimate FOMO, it, it does yeah. make sense to find that 
I want to find if I could just find I'm, maybe I'm into baseball, so okay, I'll sure. take all sure. the baseball. I mean, I imagine you have to at least be into baseball to collect all the baseball. I ones. would, I would assume so, but but I like sometimes I sometimes I'm not sure. But some people do share things with me, like you know, and a lot of it's connected with memory. A lot of it is always connected with memory. I mean, you know, someone collects baseball. It's probably because they they have really fond memories of playing it on like a, a summer afternoon with their with their friends because those were the games that everybody had. Uh, a lot of people a lot of people want a Tecmo Bowl, which a lot of Americans because that's that's a that's a that's an American football game that was just insanely popular at the time and it's still being like modded these days to add new players. Like people huh, have okay, yeah, people have rom hacked to put in the current teams because it just it's a the way it plays is so comforting because you pop in uh, the John Madden football. Sorry, I'm talking about American football now. This is That's probably what... out of your wheelhouse, but no, it's... I'm good. I mean, I'm sure oh, okay. everyone kind of gets the broad reference, and I understand yeah. there's going to be a lot of your customers coming from America. So sure, that's, yeah. And you play these new realistic sports games, and they're so you know everything's it's you. There's something that's lost by complexity. I think. And I think that's why a lot of a lot of my customers are around my age. They played it when they were kids, and they're trying to recapture. Maybe they, and a lot of the customers have just found that the games that they wanted to play from their childhood are now prohibitively expensive to buy the original NES cards, and the Famicom cards are still reasonably priced. Hmm. So some, I found that that's yeah. one thing oh, yeah. uh, for me. That uh, I mean, I'm like you. I love the thrill of the chase. I oh, love yeah. the feeling of entering the yeah. heart off the anticipation. Yeah. Yeah. Will this? What will I find here? Oh, yeah. What's going to be in the cabinet? What's going to be in the junk bins? I know I've been to this one before, and I remember once they had a good junk section down yep. the back, so yep. Yep. it triggers yep. something yep. in the back of the brain. Oh, I know I'm going to get a oh, bargain yeah. today. And for sure, I can. Um, uh, how to say? I, I feel like if I take a trip to Japan, yeah. I'm, I'd rather spend my money on a plane ticket yeah. than a high-priced console. That's where I'm putting yeah, my exactly. money in. The plane exactly. ticket, the, the okay, I've got to pay accommodation, sure. But sure. then when I get there, I'm still picking up that junk N64, which 99% of the time, that junk 64 is working. Those things oh, yeah. are bomb-proof. They, and you know it's going to oh, be fun. Japan just does not know the meaning of the word junk. Uh, listen, I've bought hundreds of games from the junk pile over the years, and I've got like one or two that didn't work. Like, you know, like because you, it's just what Japan calls junk is what is what American eBay calls near mint. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's like. <laughs> You know, you see, you see games on eBay that are like missing the label, and it's like condition very good. And I'm like, mm. in Japan, this would be like, this is not this even. I don't know. Considered like the back of the junk to, oh, pile. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think there's a, I think there's a, um, a lot of potential coming up there. Like I like in Hard Off. Oh yeah. Uh, it seems more and more these days uh, that you they're like they're offering testing stations. I, last time I was there, there was oh, more really? common to see a table. Uh, with some plugs because what I, I was doing was yeah. bringing uh, especially if I'm testing like a yeah. DS a, a handheld was had all I had a bat the USB battery and I would just stand there and plug them in and oh yeah I, un I understood if I was just not too overt about it it was okay no one came to say so I could at least yeah. plug it in and go okay it's charging on it opens up yeah. I can see it's charging yeah. Yeah. good enough for me I'll buy it for 10 bucks yeah or something like that but um 
the the area and junk where maybe one needs to be careful is uh, laser CD based games. Oh yeah, yeah. Because that's so easy for the laser to not work or be off or something like that. Oh yeah. But that's where I think there's a huge potential there right now because of uh, all of the work that's done in modern retro games, the optical drive emulators. Oh yeah. So we've got yeah. them now for PS. Uh, the even the one for Saturn is is really cheap. It's only like a hundred bucks. Yeah. And Saturns without lasers, that's that's three bucks. That's 300 yen. That's exactly. 500 yen in a junk bin where before, yeah, it was hard. I wouldn't even know what to do with it. But oh, yeah. now it's, yeah. they're, they're prime for inserting optical drive emulators oh, in. Completely. And I think there's, I don't know, we're, people in the Western countries are paying so much for any oh, yeah. sort of console. And it's like, oh God, a, a non-working PS1 is just five bucks less yeah. than... And you can just have bins and bins work. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've had so many people. I, I don't really do hardware because, again, shipping has become insane lately. Um, mm. But I've had so many people to request to me, like, broken systems or whatever, mm. which are actually kind of hard for me to find because most of this stuff works. People take good <laughs> care of their stuff. But people are asking me for, yeah, broken Saturns, broken um, broken Dreamcasts, broken... Uh, because, yeah, they're probably going to install one of those mods and they just want a nice-looking case, you know. And mm -hmm. and that's fine. Although there is a, a little bit of a sadness there, you know, there's because yeah. it's like, oh, that's one, one more Dreamcast that's not going to spin again, you know. But, <laughs> I mean, but... You know, it, it 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 is preservation in a in a different way. You know, and that's, right. that's I mean, fine. at least hopefully they're taking something that's broken, yeah. right? That I mean, yeah. I understand maybe I could get the satin back, laser and work it, and you know, eventually fiddle with it. But if you're taking something that is broken and has been sitting in that junk right. pile and it probably isn't going anywhere, yeah. then that's a good part of that. Um, I know it's getting late for you. No. I don't want to keep you up all night. No there. problem. No problem. Um. I wanted to 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 move on to and moving on, we're sure, talking about sure. hard offs and, and getting into that. Um, I uh, for the last two years we've we've yeah. had the pandemic. We can't travel. Yeah. Uh, Japan's still not open, at least to uh, regular uh, yeah, tourists. Yeah, yeah. to regular is, tourists. Sorry. Is, yeah, it is just opening now to people with visas. Um, right. But for for about two years, it was it was it was just closed. Like you you couldn't. You, you know, you couldn't get in unless you had, like, unless you were, were Japanese, basically. And uh, it, it was really, it it's something that Japan's going to be suffering from for a long time because the foreign population went down a lot because people went back to their homes and they couldn't come back to Japan. No new foreign people were coming in. So the foreign population in Japan has gone down significantly. So I've. Um, I'm very keen. I mean, yeah. they, they don't know when the tourist, it could be anywhere yeah. up to yeah. six months. Yeah. Who knows? I'm saving my pennies. I'm good it's to gonna, go. I'm, I mean, assuming there's no new strain, it's it's going to happen. It's, it's trending that way. Uh, they first opened it up to... Um, like spouses and family members and then they then they opened it up to um people who already had approved work visas students are being able to come in now and it's every day it's opening up a little bit more um yeah save up and i want to i want to go to the i want to go to the united states <laughs> I, I i'm american so i can but like you know there's still mandatory quarantines and stuff like that and i can't take that much vacation so 
Right, that's always tough because my uh, girlfriend yeah. and I just went uh, for three weeks to Australia. Yeah. And while I had been able to enter as a citizen for some time, a yeah. couple of months or something, even before Christmas, she couldn't enter as a European citizen. Uh, yeah. And now uh, we, the way that we did it is that uh, when that they, in typical stupid Australia style, they kind of just announced it and then bam, it happened. So I think on about two yeah. weeks' notice. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I arranged it that we flew in on the day that it opened. We had no, oh. we weren't going to wait around any yeah, longer. Yeah, so yeah. twelve hours after technically it kicked in, we were on the ground, and uh, it was yeah. a great time to travel. No one's at the airport, yeah. so you're walking straight through, walking through immigration. And uh, I'm not sure I'll be able to do it exactly as it would the same thing <laughs> yeah, in Japan, yeah. but something not long after I would love because my, my point of, of this story sure. is that I've had two years of this FOMO, two oh, yeah. years yeah. of going, ah, there's hard off stores with things in them and I... and. <laughs> And, and, and I'm not there and I can't yeah. look at them and not possibly get them for myself. Yeah. And I, w I was interested because through the pandemic, we've all been uh, buying things online more and more yes. Yes. and certainly been a rise in the amount of Japanese sellers and not just oh, yourself, definitely. but you're moving definitely. up hardware. Oh, yeah. And, it, yeah. And, and I wonder, I mean, first of all, I wanted to talk about how um let's say even the last maybe for my own personal needs how is how have you seen this the amount of stuff change in the last two years and what's your thoughts we'll get to that later on the amount of stuff that's leaving japan that's interesting because yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, yeah yeah heading out so i guess let's start with like on the ground you're yeah. in stores sure look i understand it's not the golden days i don't want to compare no, it to no, your your golden days of 2000 no. even 2006 when you were starting but, but even in the last yeah. let's say from the start of pandemic how sure. do you judge what's happening different on the ground um prices have gone up a lot um just in general um i would say i would say since the beginning of the pandemic um game prices for a lot of these uh, used stores have gone up 50 60 70 percent um for for retro stuff i think a lot of it is you know people are not able to travel people are not able to do much so they're investing a little more in their hobbies it's not it's not just games many many things have gone up in price um any any type of like luxury good or anything like that because um and I and and with the rise of the internet, um, of course, there's I I am I'm, I'm part of the problem. <laughs> I know sure. that I know that. I mean, I'm trying not to be. I'm trying not to be greedy about it. I try to I try to keep my prices very reasonable, always lower than eBay. You know, and if I can't do it lower than eBay, I don't bother. You know, because uh, that that's 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 what I'm what I'm trying to do, because I, I. I don't I wouldn't say I hate eBay. I still use it when I really need to find something, you know, but like I I, I try to avoid it when I can because but I, I wonder domestically yeah, even yeah. with the amount of was we're sitting around in our asses in the pandemic yeah. doing nothing. Uh not nowhere we can't go out. So yeah. you might even say some people have more disposable income sitting oh, yeah. in their pockets. Yeah, so even yeah. domestically inside of Japan, once you're allowed yeah. out of your apartment, there's just collectors and people in even yep. not even exporters not even that's resellers right. that's right who had that extra to spend on that so i wonder if that is also a factor pushing up that price I as mean, well game sales in general went up in japan like crazy um you know we've you've got you, animal crossing is on track to become the best-selling video game ever made uh, console game 
uh, which mm. is nuts. You know, it's about it's about the, the current uh, best selling video game ever is the the original Japanese Pokemon uh, Green, Red, and Yellow. Uh, the not it was blue came. Is that the Game Boy ones? There's the Game Boy ones. It's the Game Boy mm. ones. We had they we had green in Japan. Not America was red and blue, and then later yellow. And Japan was was green and green and uh, green and red, and then a little later this enhanced blue, and then yellow. But I I know this now because so many people ask me for Pokemon games, but I never played them when I was a kid. No, um, neither did I. So I'm also yeah, like I kind I, of know I'm a bit now to follow along with what you're saying, but I've never played. I'm them, just so. a little bit too old for it. Like my brother is mm-hmm. three years younger than me, and he played them. But I but at the time I was like, no, nah, that's baby's game. You know. I'm playing Quake, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, well, whatever I was playing back then. But, um, but uh, yeah, it's so. I forgot where I was going with that. Oh. <laughs> uh, the games we were talking about, Pokemon. Yeah. Um, God, where were we going with that? <laughs> we were talking about on the ground, uh, yeah. the games prices, how they've gone up because people have got the more disposable income in Japan. Yep. So there's that ah, factor ah, of that. I got it. I got it. I, I, I picked mm. it up. But anyway, those games were a phenomenon, which people re- thought with the advent of digital gaming and everything would never be matched again. And now Animal Crossing, it's going to go there in a couple of months. It's going to it's going to go past it. Um, the new Mario Kart uh, has is is on track to outsell all previous entries of Mario Kart combined. It's it's re- ridiculous. It's just so. And a lot of that is that they're good games, and a lot of it is that people are cooped up in their houses. And these games came out as a way of escape. And if if, if you've ever played the new Animal Crossing, it is it is it is basically a life outside of your home simulator. You know, it's yeah. like it's like can't go fishing right now we can go fishing in the game you know can't can't travel right now but we can visit other people's islands in the game it it became kind of a i don't know cathartic type of experience for a lot of people uh my my kids got into it really big but the thing but gaming went went nuts and i think a, a lot of people also were looking for comfort food in in gaming so like a lot of people my age they wanted to buy a Famicom now because they remember a simpler time a time where the news wasn't quite as scary or at least we didn't realize it was that scary you know mm. uh, where two buttons was enough <laughs> you know yeah it's a nice um, way to put it and like you know a lot of a lot of games these days take themselves so incredibly seriously too that like the escapism is sometimes lost so i think a lot of people are are going back into it like um one of one of one of my friends he he was doing modern gaming but he just went and bought himself a super famicom and uh dragon quest uh dragon quest 5 and 6 and played through them and he said it was like a breath of fresh air you know it's just hmm. but that's the thing um, for a long time, a lot of Japanese gamers would buy the new console and sell off their old collections. But I think mm. much like what happened in the U.S. And, and other places, people are like, I think, being stuck at home and wanting some kind of familiar experience. This is all speculation. 
Oh, sure, that's what we're here for. We're here to wildly all, speculate. All, but, but from friends of mine that I've had, some of them have gotten into retro gaming based upon how old they are. My friends who are younger than me, they're 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 collecting N sixty four right now, you know. But I'm I'm of the Famicom, Super Famicom age, so that's kind of where I focused myself. Oh, like how far yeah. your age determines how far back you're gonna go. Yeah, that's right. To get a, a retro item. Oh, that's wow. right, because I think there's definitely people like me who and like probably what my kids will become who will go retro from before they were born but for a lot of the mainstream gamers they're looking for that place where gaming was something they did that was comfortable that was fun you know again wild speculation but um it makes sense but for me for me personally it's about i like uh controllers i like but like different controllers so anything that's a different controller i love fight sticks yep i love arcade sticks oh yeah um for me it's not so much about uh like oh i had an nes because i had an amiga yeah Yeah. um for most of the time and i had a mega drive but i could only afford a few games yeah yeah but for me it was the the experience of going to the arcade that i did oh yeah yeah and i i miss that experience of going down to our local milk bar in our small town yeah and there was street fighter there was you know but that was that almost like a stereotype to say to think of today like but there was there was that local arcade they had the the I could not could buy a milkshake. Oh my god, yep. this sounds like it's in the fifties. No, or no, no, it's okay. And oh, and then uh, in the the shop across the the arcade, yeah, uh, the, the walkway was empty, and so they just filled it with a few machines, and yep. one of them was Street yep. Fighter. And I remember uh, fighting games and also shoot 'em ups being so bad at them, oh, being yeah. so so not good at them. I don't understand Street Fighter like oh, I did yeah. it then. I'm not even saying I'm very good at it right now. So for me, the experience is not like, oh, I had the Nintendo, I need it. But it's, oh, yeah. I was so bad at them then. But even at the time, I was yeah. drawn to it. Oh, yeah. So I want to be good at it now. Oh, so, yeah. And I want yeah. that stick. I want to feel the stick. I want the buttons. I want that oh, yeah. thing. And I want to be better at it and practice at it. So for me, it's, I've got my nice little, anyway, I've got my controller collection oh, yeah. there uh, behind me. I've just got myself my first steering wheel. I'm like, oh, oh where nice. have you been all my life? A yeah. steering wheel. Ah, this is tremendous. So I I understand how that nostalgia can play out of course. in different ways, whether it's a system or a generation yeah. or a style. And for me, it's a style. What's it, What would you say? Is it a system or a style for you personally? What is how does it come out? Oh, or goodness. it's so different because you've been around it for so long. It's hard to remember exactly. But my first memories are, of course, of the arcade, too. For me, it was Shakey's Pizza. And they had a little arcade there. And they had pinball machines. And I remember playing... Gosh, what did I play? I remember playing Burger Time. I remember playing Joust. I remember playing... And then later on, they got one of the Neo Geo multi-machines. So I played Samurai Showdown and things like that. And, of course... Street Fighter was part of my high school growing up. Like Street mm. Fighter, Street Fighter Two at the bowling alley. That's where that's nice. that's where yes. the cool kids went. <laughs> and um, and I like the things that I'm trying to explain to my kids. That was a that was a thing. Like uh, I I don't know what uh, what what denomination of money you would you, you would have used when you were a kid. But in in America, it was a quarter, twenty five cents or whatever. And and if you had next game, you put your quarter down yes. on that on, and like 
And I was telling my daughter this, and and she's like, isn't someone going to take your quarter? I'm like, no, that would be sacrilege. You know, like, (laughs) this is is the rules of, you know, this is, you know. I I remember the first time I saw that as well, thinking to myself, going, just being a little dumb kid, not knowing, and an only child, a little bit sheltered. So I'm like, but they're going to just leave. And the lineup of quarters, like, how do you know? Which one was whose quarter or 20 cents oh, you for know. us? How do you, you know, know whose yeah. was the 20 cents? <laughs> yeah. And isn't someone going to... And I better watch the whole time yep. to make sure I don't... And I'm going to put my 20 cents there. And exactly. okay, eventually I got I got with it, but I remember being confused as well. Yeah, it's, but this, th- that that idea. So I don't know. I'm not sure if it's... I'm not sure if it's a genre or a time period or just a feeling. But like my most of my good me- gaming memories are tied up with playing playing with friends or mm. or you know i didn't have a lot of money growing up uh you know and so i didn't even play a lot of video games at the arcade i would just go to the arcade and yeah. watch people who were very good at video games play them like from a distance i watched i i watched the simpsons arcade game being beaten i watched huh. you know i watched people Finish games. I watched someone play through Dragon's Lair on one coin, which was wait the the laser disc the laser disc game. Kind of now, yeah. at the, this is actually Dragon's Lair Two Time Warp, which came out in '93, which seems quite late considering Dragon's Lair Space Ace were like early '80s. But mm. it was made much earlier, but never released until. But anyway, um, but yeah, it just just that that sense of wonder and just watching when a new machine got installed and going like whoa you know you 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 see and you're like wow i wonder if games will ever look that good in my own house you know it's just (laughs) i still thought i still thought the teenage mutant ninja turtles arcade game oh for you what is it is it teenage mutant hero turtles or is that only is that only ninja turtles oh you got yeah we heard about that all right we're like what the yeah yeah okay good you're allowed you're allowed to have ninjas we're allowed to say ninja yeah yeah (laughs) ninjas are allowed in australia that's what i learned today (laughs) (laughs) but but anyway, I remember playing that, and then they had the the home version for the NES, which was great, but didn't look like the arcade machine. And I was thinking to myself, mm-hmm. like, I wonder if video games are ever going to look this good at home. And now, and now, now you look at it; it looks so archaic. But it's 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 that it's that feeling, it's that memory. And but it's a really hard question to ask because there's games right now the 8-bit games that I'm discovering that I'm playing for the first time like this year which also give me that feeling I don't know if it's just okay. the somehow imposed or superimposed feeling or it reminds you of I mean maybe it's it's like um, I don't know again wildly speculating sure. on emotions here but you're reliving that like oh, oh I yeah. have that that it's new it's oh, not yeah. like oh I'm playing my favorite Street Fighter and reliving the memory that oh, way yeah. this way i'm actually taking in something new it could be something like that maybe that's a huge no, part of retro why, yeah. oh, why yeah. people like your store because you could help them find these things that they may not have known about before i think that's very i think that's very possible and like oh. also i think i got into you know I, I i i was a modern gamer up until well up until i came to Japan, I well, no, I, I, I never sold anything, so I guess I always okay. was kind of a, but, um, 
gaming is something that is allowing me, especially living in Japan as a foreigner, to find a connection with people my age. Hmm. Um, nice. Because we have we have shared experience. Hmm. I could go anywhere in Japan and go da 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 da, and someone's gonna do the last duh, you know, like because it is a even so even even across generations like gaming is something that was a big part of the 80s and 90s in japan uh, so much mm. so that like almost anybody who lived during that time has some memory or some experience you mentioned dragon quest to some guy to a random guy in the bar and you're going to be talking for two hours about it you know <laughs> like huh. there it, it is it has been a way of me bridging the gap sometimes because i i would love to have said my success stories that i came to japan instantly became fluent in japanese and now i blah blah no no i <laughs> i i still i still struggle to get by uh, with a lot of things but if i can find something that i know a lot about and something that i've studied what they might know about it and we can have that shared experience i was i was talking with uh, someone who was uh, my age uh the the other day and uh I don't know. He, he mentioned Famicom and I reached into my backpack and I had a copy of Super Mario Brothers in there because I use it as a prop of sometimes. You yeah. Know? Okay. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I had that. I had that. And I'm like, I had it as a kid too. And I'm like, oh, they had it in America just like that. And I'm like, no. And I reached it. I pulled an NES cart out of, <laughs> again, I'm a total nerd. This is and, the Vink show right yeah, here. Exactly. 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 Road exactly, show. exactly. And I'm like, <laughs> and he's like, oh, is it really different? It's so big. Compared to the, you know, and I, I went, mm -hmm. yeah, I could have made the obvious, oh, things are bigger in America, but I, I didn't. But um, <laughs> but I, I went, no, it's the same. It's basically the same thing inside. Hmm. And like, you know, and he's like, what? And uh, yeah, and uh, the next week, again, this sounds incredibly nerdy because it is. But I brought a game bit with me and I opened it up and I showed that the pins are a little different, but it's, it's the same thing inside, you know. Hmm. And it is it is it is it is exactly the same programming or whatever because it, there's no Japanese in Super Mario Brothers in Japan. So like, the experience mm. he had when he was a kid and the experience I had was exactly the same. And there's maybe very... that is a nice metaphor for the two cultures that yeah. America seems bigger and badder at everything, but actually yeah. you use the gate, you take it up, you look inside, and it turns out yeah, yeah we're all pretty equal at the end, even though yeah, <laughs> pins are a little different, but yeah. But I mean sure. that that but it it was a, a unifying moment mm. because there's very few things of shared culture that you can have, like mm. uh, maybe maybe a McDonald's hamburger because that was big in Japan as well, you know f things like that. But for the most part, when you grow up, you you you're uh, in one country or another. A lot of things are different. But I think, mm. to a certain extent, music, games, media, culture, you know. A lot of that stuff is if you can find something that's shared, it's it's a connection. It's uh, it's it's something, and I don't know. I don't. Wanna, I like it. I like. Don't, don't, don't want to wax too philosophical on the whole thing sure. because for the most no, it's part, it's interesting for me. Yeah. I, I guess when when you yeah. were saying that story, I was comparing it to. So I am also a Westerner sure. who lives in a, another country sure. uh, for well over a decade now. Yeah. Um, and I, I was interested. So I I'm. When I'm in Japan, I like it 
um, because I feel like I'm really far away. Sure. I feel like that, I whatever that uh, lost yeah. in translation, that isolation sure. thing. Sure. I can get that peace and quiet yeah. for yeah. a while to just be on my own. And I don't understand anything, but I enjoy it. And uh, I can just sort of no, I take get it you. in like that. I get you. And, and I can understand for you... Um, the difficulties that you would have had and to overcome oh, yeah. to do your best to integrate. And then I was comparing that to my experiences here in Estonia where um, certainly, look, they have their own language. Certainly it's their own language everywhere, sure. but they more readily speak English. If you walk up to a random person on the street, you'll oh, yeah. Yeah. probably be able, you'll be able to communicate, right? Oh, I'm They'll sure. show I'm you, sure. you know, and yeah. especially if they're any sort of under 30 age, you'll yeah. probably yeah. get a very uh, coherent and very grammatically correct sentence out of them. Oh, that sounds so, nice. <laughs> that sounds so nice. <laughs> so while, yes, I can, but and it's taken me 10 years to even as I go on to understand the yeah. things that I don't know, that yes, there are that levels. I don't speak Estonian very well. Yeah. So there is a level that... I, I haven't been able to deeply, yeah. deeply, deeply dig in where, on the other hand, you were forced to, to learn Japanese. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. You can't um, really survive you, without knowing some. Yeah. Right. You've had to go in. So it's just interesting that I've been able to skim by, hopefully, a, a little bit as that stupid foreigner. I've tried not to. Uh, I've tried to do my bit by introducing a whole art form to the country. It's the That's only great. thing. And I, I, I hold on to that only because I realize I sound like that dumb foreigner who never properly learned the language. I'm like, but I made an art form. That's I did that instead. Is that okay? Well, and I know I'm like getting yeah. paranoid about it and a little bit defensive yeah. uh, about it. So it's just interesting to compare that experience. Oh, definitely. Where you can get in the ground. And, and also, again, in a small country... So I, my observation again: Japanese people can live a Japanese life in their whole Japanese world. Oh yeah, uh, and 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 everything that they need. Where Estonia is a country of one, just over one million people. Yeah, they've always had to have an outward-looking focus. Twenty-five or whatever it was, a little bit more years ago, they oh, said, yeah. "No, no, Soviet Union, bad, bad, bad." Yep, yep. We're not part of that anymore. They look to the West, so they were more oriented. For they were sure. willing to sure. take these ideas. Um, and they wanted to adapt and stuff like that. So um, I've been able to, I don't know, I haven't found it that hard to integrate, but yeah. okay, I guess it's... On the other hand, though, for me, yeah. um, I wasn't really interested in the country below Latvia. Wasn't I tried yeah. living in Finland, the country yeah. above. Didn't quite connect for some weird reason, which I can't yeah. really tell you why. This small patch of land and the, these people are the ones I connected with. And it was interesting to hear your story. Oh, yeah. That, you know, that's your place and your patch and the, yeah. the people that, I, mean, I don't know, we'll say you connected with and then you had to keep working to make that connection. I don't mean like, oh, yeah. instantly no, it no, was no, no. buddy, I, buddy, but you, you found that connection that thing that was was good for you there and oh, uh, i love those stories about that anyway i'm rambling about that no no well. no i i, I, I love yeah. i love talking about that stuff i mean one of the things about japan is there's there's so many levels to everything that's going on uh if when i first came to japan i was a, i was i was a student and then i came a couple of times as a tourist and at that time i thought japan is the is is, is is heaven on earth it is the perfect country they do everything better than we do like i was just thinking you know everyone's so polite the customer is always right just and like 
And then I lived here for a while, and then it goes in waves. So for a while, I'm like, oh, it's so fake. You know what I mean? Like they they yeah. they're so polite because they don't they don't care. But and then I'm like, but then there's another level beyond that because if you there's 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 the outward face and then there's the inner heart and like once you actually get to know people i found some so many incredibly warm incredibly wonderful people here but there's you got to get through that facade and that takes time and it and it and it takes investment you know because uh, you know i i get it you know you've japan is a country that's always like oh the west that's a thing that's cool uh we like hamburgers you know uh, uh we will take your disney movies um but 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 for the most part you know they spent 200 years in isolation where they didn't allow any foreign people in you know and they you can uh, mo- most japanese people will never leave japan which is even for travel like it's very interesting you know because um you'd think that and japanese people who can afford who have the means to love to travel very much so but a lot of them will sure. never you know right the um, country is big yeah. enough and there's enough exactly infrastructure. and again exactly. compared to a smaller country like estonia you yep. just can't not i mean no doubt there are people who never leave estonia but yeah you know, you're much more likely to at least have a European yeah. worldview, yeah. where, or at least understanding of it, where I could totally understand that you could oh, yeah. live your whole yeah. life in Japan and just have that. Focus. Oh, easily, easily, especially if you don't speak any language other than Japanese, which is something, of course, people are trying to 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 help out right now. Um, they, there's a much increased uh, English education, so it's but it's it's going to be years before the full effects really really reach nope we've had a little drop out again because you know um a lot of people learn oh no problem there we go we're back again (laughs) sorry a lot of people um learn english in this country but from textbooks and uh, they learn about grammar and they learn vocabulary but they don't actually know how to have a conversation which makes traveling very scary and very so a lot of Japanese people when they do travel you you've got that stereotype of a, a herd of Japanese tourists with all their cameras whatever yeah, sure. and and like there is some truth to that because a lot of Japanese people will travel to with tour groups the tour guides speak English so that the tourists don't have to mm. that's changing like that was that that's a stereotype that's changing a lot but you still see it. I remember I went to visit the Grand Canyon about 10 years, no, 12 years ago. And there was a tour bus and, it, and a bunch of Japanese tourists came up. And they, they, they came up and they, they went to the edge of the Grand Canyon. They all took their photos. And, you know, I spoke a little Japanese by that point because I'd been living there. And you know, I asked them. I'm, I'm like, oh, what, what, what are you doing today? And they're like, oh, we're going to, we're going to see the Hoover Dam. We're going to the Grand Canyon, and we're going to Las Vegas. And I'm like, wow, all, all, your, this is, this is like your week's plan. I'm like, no, just today. It's like, <laughs> you know, like they, they went to the Grand Canyon. They took their photos. Thirty, forty minutes later, they were all back on the bus. Yeah, Grand yeah. Canyon done, and. And I I couldn't get over that, but like as I live in Japan more, I realize how hard it is to take long vacations. So a lot of tourists try, try to pack it all in, and there's just this this. So I think it's 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 isolated in that way. They're very interested in other countries, but a little. But it's 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 hard to get out there. So I I've lived in Japan 17 years, and a lot of people back home they ask me, "Are you going to become a Japanese citizen?" And I think uh, probably not. 
because there's no real advantage to it because mm. there's no way anybody's ever going to think I'm Japanese. <laughs> sure. Like I will never be treated as a Japanese for better or for worse. Yeah. Japan has what I would call positive racism. Oh, that's a dangerous term. I, it's I, all right. It happens. I'll think of something better for it, but it's, Racism. What I'm interested, actually, yeah. when you you term the phrase, uh, okay, I get it as well, sure, sure, sure. Um, becoming the citizen of that country sure. you lived in, and it's the first time actually when you say that that you yeah. frame that in terms of, well, if I become a citizen, am I culturally doing that? Exactly. Because I've always thought, well, I'm, I don't need to become an Estonian citizen because if I get a permanent residency uh, or uh, when my girlfriend and I get married, sure. then I have enough legal rights to stay here. Yeah. I've always yeah. framed it in terms of legal rights. And yeah. it was just interesting that you frame that in terms of cultural integration oh, yeah. instead. I mean, I know you obviously think of the, the legal part, but it was your first oh, go-to was that I'll oh, never yeah. be Japanese. Where oh. I've never really thought about it like, oh, I'll never be Estonian, so should I be a citizen? I mean, my kids, I, I married a Japanese woman, so my kids are half Japanese and, and, and half American. And they, I think they look, I mean, they, they don't look intensely American. They've got dark hair and things like that. But they will never exactly be considered Japanese, despite the fact that they've lived their entire lives in Japan, just because there's just not a tremendous multicultural understanding here. And the thing is, a lot of people, that's that's a deal breaker when they're in Japan. And a lot, and I've seen a lot of people who came here to, to live and they stayed for a few months and they're like, I can't, I can't, I can't. Um, but so I don't, I don't know. Get, what's, the, what's the deal breaker about that? That they won't be accepted or they won't, they don't feel like they'll fit in? What's that deal I, breaker for them? I mean, it's the idea that there will always be those type of stereotypes. You know what I mean? Like, um, okay, I've been here 17 years. And if I go to a convenience store and I, I order my bento, okay, you know, my, my, my lunchbox or whatever, mm -hmm. half of the time the person working at the convenience store will be like, oh, I'm sorry, we have only chopsticks. I will find you a fork. I'm like, it's okay. I can do I can do the thing that the three-year-olds in this country can do. Don't worry. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. You know? Um, you know, and there was a point when I'd been living here, when, 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 when I first got here, I'm like, oh, that's nice. They're, they're trying, they're trying to look out for me. And then there was a point where I was like, why can't they, you know, it's like, but I've come to the point right now where it's like, I've come to terms with it and I'm, I'm okay with it. But, you know, there's always going to be perceptions, uh, because there's not many, there's not many Western people who live in this country, and the ones who do are in very specific roles. Okay. You know, teachers and entertainers and things like that. And so, but the thing is, what I, I told you about all the different faces of, of Japan, but like I live in a small town and I've made, I've made a place for myself. So now I go to the, if I go to the neighborhood convenience store, they all know me. Right. And they okay. know, and so I'm not, I'm not the foreigner anymore. I'm their foreigner. <laughs> if okay. that makes, nice if that makes putting. any, if that makes any yeah, sense. Yeah, it does. You know. That's so, yeah. I, I like that. And I like yeah. that, okay, you've managed to 
carve out your niche. I would say, um, okay, again, to compare to my sure. circumstance. Sure. Um, I mean, okay, I live in the capital. So, but um, Estonia is such a small country that yeah. everywhere seems small, right? Yeah. yeah. And we're a small country where uh, I, I was trying to say, like, I saw a, a parliamentarian, like a minister at the yeah. supermarket. And that's so <laughs> normal, right? No yeah. security or nothing. Yeah. He's got his basket buying milk, yeah. right? Yeah. Super normal to just see. No one is super special. Yep. No one is like, oh, the star or the most important yep. VIP that you'll never see. Not like that. My experience, um, so not only is a smaller place as well, but my yeah. experience is through comedy. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that I'm famous, but through uh. the work that I've done, people will recognize me or at nice. least vaguely enough okay. to be yeah. like, yeah. oh, you're the foreign comedy guy. There you go. I yeah. know, I've seen the video yep. that you yep. did or yep. something, right? And even though it was a while ago, Estonians remember that. So it's enough. Yep. So my level of integration and while I, I mean, I think I haven't experienced straight up racism in Estonia yeah. and look, it happens. All countries oh, have that so element course, in them. Course, they can course. have that prejudice, yeah. but I've never had someone be like, you know, duh, 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 at me. Yeah. And I think a lot of it is because I'm vaguely recognizable. They're like, ah, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, thing. yeah. So, um, but coming back to your example, yeah. in your local community, in your area, you're recognizable That's right. to them. We've seen exactly. you around. Oh, we know your yep. face. I've seen, I've at maybe I've seen you walk, at least walking down the street a few times. So I've I been have on, that same I've been thing. on TV a number of times too. Right. They, so whenever they, they need like, there. what's what's the foreigner's opinion? Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, we, we know one here. Let's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think that my time, yeah, in that way, I've yeah. been able to integrate in this country a little bit easier as yeah. well because they'll go like, oh, okay, yeah, 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 that guy. And, and not only maybe we'll give you help, they're pretty helpful. I don't want to say that they're, they're sure. not helpful people, but... Um, like you, just as you have, you commented on mm -hmm. the levels of Japanese people. They can be a little bit introverted, a bit sure, shy sure. To, of course, of course. to get that out. Certainly, that stereotype extends to uh, Northern Europeans. Oh, definitely, Europeans. definitely. You know, I'm very Northern. Yeah. I'm cold, Nordic. Yeah. That sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. Where that level of like, oh, I recognize your face from somewhere, mm. was enough to just get past the crack in What's the happened? ice. At least exactly. a bit, just cracking the ice, and they're like, "Hey, you know," and at least, and again, K common things that yep. you're talking about. Uh, you said that you've been able to connect over Famicom games, That's and right. hey, oh, well, you played this game or the Mario or something. That's right. For me, well, because people associate me with the comedy, I can always talk about our comedy shows. Sure. They've probably been to one of our shows and be like, "Oh, oh yeah. you've been to the show? Oh, well, that show, you know, how is that?" So there's always they can recognize my face enough to be yep. like, "Oh, okay." And then always like, oh, and there's a topic, comedy yeah. and the comedy mm -hmm. shows because the, the work, my, my friends are far more famous and popular than I yeah. am. Uh, and the, the shows that they do, they're really well known. So there's always that topic to talk about. So sure, uh, it's interesting how very different circumstances, but we found that way to, to find that relationship point to those around us. You got to open that door. You got to open that door. As I, as I said... The, it sounds intensely geeky, but I do carry some a Famicom game in my <laughs> in my it. in my love backpack. It. Sometimes even in my suit pocket, so it's sticking out <laughs> a little bit, so I can find my people. You know what I mean? Like instead of instead of a I don't know instead of a handkerchief or whatever, I'll have a copy of Mario. Sure. In because because people who don't know what it is don't even see it. They don't even notice. Oh, but God. but people who do know what it is, they're like. 
oh, you know, it's 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 that kind of, and yeah, it's you just people people want to talk to other people. People want to find things to do with other people, but people often don't know how to get there. And and why I'm saying people rather than Japanese is because I think that's a universal truth. Yeah. Is people are looking for a way to connect, but they often don't know how to even start, you know. I had no idea the podcast would go this direction. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, I wasn't. It's good. I, was, I have yeah, to go soon, yeah. unfortunately. No, no, that's I mean, fine. It's it's I, almost. I'm enjoying. Yeah. I I need to go here. Uh, yeah, I got work in the morning. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> got to put on my salaryman costume in about uh, <laughs> in about uh, but, five um, hours. Yeah, <laughs> I, I got to admit, I made my little notes, and they were all about yeah. video games and how's that game selling <laughs> and all this. And of course, I missed the really fucking obvious one, which is with yeah. foreigners living in yeah. a foreign land, and you know, also having done that for some time yeah. as well. So yeah. that extended experience, not oh, just, exactly, uh, not just a touristy type of yeah, right, right, right. And and well, look at the it could always be for me. I'm like, well, I've been here 12 years. You know, I've seen. You know, yeah. There's that. Is there a little bit of that with the foreigners in Japan? Like, well, I've been this many years and that many years, and it's a little bit of like cred. I'm not sure too much because I only know one foreigner here who's been here longer mm-hmm. than me. Um, okay. But at the time, like, Japan is a very uh, Japan is a very uh, a country that the foreigners do not usually stay for extended periods of time. They usually do a year. A lot of um, what it, what is it called? Uh, not gap year. Um, where you work for a year somewhere. Um, yeah, it's gap uh, time off, working holiday. We call working it holiday. There we go. Working yeah, holiday. Yeah. That's what I was looking for. We got a lot of people on working holidays who are like, they just finished college. They're going to do a year in Japan, and then they're going to go back and start their real life. But some of us, some of us just lingered. Um, and but most of the people who've been here for a long time are people who have settled down. They've they've gotten married to one of the one of the local people, and they started families and, and things like that. So I don't know. It's such a small community that I don't that there's maybe not as at least not in my town much competitiveness. Right, yeah. you're living in a small place, not living in yep. Tokyo. If I lived right, in Tokyo, so I'm sure, I'm sure there would be. Um, mm. We used to cover Tokyo Game Show for. I used to write for a site called Four Color Rebellion. It's still around, but it's 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 not what it you know it's it was really active before the big sites came and kind of <laughs> but sure. but anyway i used to cover uh um and, and there were game journalists who've been living in japan for 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 years and years and years and there was definitely that like yeah, yeah. oh yeah you know but 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 around my local area not so much well anyway i'll well, I'll, yeah. I'll let you go but i'll tell you what why don't why don't you come on my podcast sometime we'll we'll continue We'd this love talk. to do that yeah love to talk yeah. about that here so anyway what i'll do is I'll, I'll hit stop and then we'll we'll stay on the line for a second so when we hit okay. stop it won't cut you off for a moment no so, problem anyway thank you very much for listening i hope that you've enjoyed the different areas and directions that our conversation <laughs> has taken vink thank you very much for coming on today mate it was it was a pl- it was a pleasure thanks thanks for having me uh i i did not know exactly what to expect it was not this but i'm i'm glad it, i'm glad it happened <laughs> nice one thanks everyone Bye-bye. bye bye bye